Okay. So, uh, with regard to uh, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there's it wasn't about uh, the fruit that caused them to, uh, you know, it's like the fruit that caused them to uh, feel guilty before God or not guilty or whatever. That is a whole different thing altogether. The fruit was supposed to impart the knowledge of right and wrong. In other words, morality. In other words, you do this and you do that, right? Conscience is affected on the basis of what they did, right and wrong. Now, they could have eaten of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and still gone back to God like, you know, Father God, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, I, you know, we ate of the fruit that you said not to. They would have not died. Yes, yes. Right? yes. It's not have affected them at all. Because, but, because God is love. Yeah. yeah, you know, in the case of uh, the adversary, the Bible keeps talking about the adversary, which is what I want to share with you today. The adversary, the enemy, the devil, all that stuff. They uh, came against uh, bringing that sort of condemnation. That you know, it's like, see, the the enemy was working in uh, overtime in those days, and uh, on the earth, even in the time of Abraham, he was working and you know, getting Abraham trying to get Abraham away from you know sacrificing Isaac and stuff like that. The point is that even though uh, guilt and condemnation, can, like, let's say, for example, uh, I, I tell you, you know, it's like, um, you know, Cyril, uh, uh, brother so-and-so, he did this and, you know, it's like he's, uh, you, you should not go and speak to him. You should not do this. And I, I try to feed your mind with stuff that will make you feel guilty or, you know, it's make you feel that you should not do something, even though you feel nothing. For you, it's like, so what? Yeah, I, I don't feel anything wrong, but I, but I convince you in your mind otherwise. That's the guilt and condemnation process that the enemy brought on uh, Adam and Eve, okay. right? Now, that's what caused them to hide. They could have gone back to God and said, you know, it's like, I messed up. That's fine. God would not have said, you know, oh, wait a minute, you messed up now. You know, it's like you're punished. You would not have done that, right? So, so, so are you saying that that there was a, a part of the enemy's deception plus the, the, the guilt and condemnation of themselves? Well, yeah. I mean, who led uh, Eve to eat of the fruit? To eat of the fruit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So it was all the process of getting man. See, uh, I don't know whether I shared this with you, but uh, right from the beginning, and this this works with uh, the process of how uh, of how things actually work out from spirit to natural. It's the mechanics of the spiritual realm and how they materialize into the physical world, right? Uh, if we understood what it uh, uh, what man's makeup is, then and and we understand what spiritual makeup is, then we know the mechanics of how spiritual, how the spiritual realities operate and how physical realities operate. You and I are a product of spiritual realities. Everything that we are living in today is a product of our spiritual life, right? And I've shown you how it's like spirit must become natural, but it has to go through our soul. So uh, in the case of Adam and Eve, their mind was affected. They were affected by guilt and condemnation after they ate of the fruit by the enemy who actually led them and, and, and deceived them into eating of the fruit in the first place. Now, here's the thing, okay? In uh, Paul tells Timothy, uh, uh, in I, I think it's 2 Timothy, I think 2.14 or something like that. It says the, the woman was deceived, right? But the man was not deceived. Oh, here's the deal, huh? The woman was deceived. The man was not deceived. He knew what he was doing. He listened to the to the, to the wife. Yeah, he yeah. To his wife. That's also fine. I mean, you listen to your wife is fine. Yeah. Point is that he was not deceived when he ate the fruit. So what was his uh, thing in in you know being condemned? Problem exactly. Right. He should not have been condemned. He should have just said, okay, fine. You know, I messed up. He voluntarily did it. 
right? So the thing is that uh, when when we are talking about the conscience, the conscience is the part of us that actually leads us into our actions. In other words, our actions are a product of our conscience giving us the freedom or uh, causing us to withdraw. Like it says in uh, in Romans, right? In Romans chapter two, it is talking about how the law was for uh, for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, their conscience was their law. In other words, it was either accusing them or excusing them of their actions. So whenever they did something, their conscience would be like, you know, it's like, uh, see what you did. Now you have to make amends. Or it would be like, don't worry about it. You're fine. Everything is cool. Just live your life. So it was their conscience that was their uh, accusation or their, you know, excuse to continue living. So, yeah, I mean, so for us, for us, uh, is it absolutely essential that you, uh, you automatically do it. You, you know, you, you say you're sorry in case you you do, you do something not not uh, not correct or something. You say you're sorry, but it's not absolutely necessary because we have been made righteous irrespective of whether we are good, bad, or ugly. Correct? Yeah. See, righteous uh, righteous is another big word, but I would rather stay away from biblical jargon right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more like you know getting into the understanding of understanding of, of it. Yeah, correct. And when you say righteous, and you're right, we are righteous, hundred percent righteous in terms of Jesus uh, came, he uh, he died at the cross, and he was like, listen, your your slate is wiped clean. I you are you are exactly as I am now in my mind. I am free with the Father. That's how you are. And that's why you say that uh, God is not sin is not a big deal with God. Absolutely, absolutely. Correct, correct. Not concerned about sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as far as God is concerned, He is more. He is more. Uh, he desires the the relationship. relationship yeah. Us thinking about doing things right or doing things wrong, because He knows that the relationship will take care of the doing part, the mm -hmm. good and evil, the right automatically, the automatically, act, yeah. lifestyle, the behavior. The relationship will automatically take care of it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm jumping from here to there. Uh, you know, you said uh, uh, Jesus brought, I, I fully believe that Jesus brought us back to what Adam was before the, the, before the fall. Uh, but, you know, I used to think that uh, he brought us back to a better position because, you know, we, we are partaking of the tree of life, which is Jesus, which is actually wrong, right? I mean, it, that's the wrong, wrong, wrong thinking. He, he's brought us back to where Adam was. Adam was in the best possible place. And uh, in fact, we are struggling to get back to 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 grow in in what Adam was already, correct? I mean, is that is that the right way of thinking? Well, I would say personally that uh, Jesus has has brought, like you said, he has brought us to a better place. So we are in a better place right now because the first Adam was born of uh, was born, dust. Uh, born of dust of the ground, and and we are still born of the dust of the ground. He was uh, uh, God breath through his nostrils, the bread of life, and he became a living soul. Now, Jesus has not just taken that living soul, born of the uh, you know made of the dust of the ground and breathed through the nostrils, the breath of life. He has not just taken that; he has also made us life-giving spirits. So now, living soul and life-giving spirits. So it's one step further now. But the thing is, he has brought us back to that place of being governors, the original purpose that God has origin uh, had created man to be. Yes. Now we are come to a better place and a better position and better uh, state of authority now, where it's not just you know people who are living on the earth and all that. See, I mean, if you don't understand this, we are still living like Adam lived. Yes. What's going on? Yeah. What to do? Who am I? I don't know, and and stuff like that. But Jesus has actually said, "Yeah, you want to see who you are? This is who you are." Adam didn't have this. Yeah. 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 So now Jesus has become has become the. When you see me, that's who you are. 
and we are born again exactly like jesus was born jesus you know was born of the word by the spirit and the believing that's all so we are also born in the same way we we heard the word we believed it and the holy spirit uh, completed the, the the task 100% incorruptible seed now incorruptible seed correct now bringing us to the uh, that bring me to the next point uh, you know when he, when uh, god said you said uh, we are not supposed to be bosses over creation but in union with creation actually i i have a, a testimony which which happened just yesterday and and i realized uh, that you know the god is so keen on, on our relationship that he wants us to know that uh, so i'm just saying uh, it actually goes against that thing about be fruitful and fill the earth and subdue it because we think and have dominion over it we think that it's by by that but uh, i think that uh, i suppose when you're saying that we are not supposed to be bosses it's the same mode as god dealing with us he is our boss but he deals with us in a loving way so we kind of do it we direct uh, creation but we do it in a loving manner like in a in a joint manner not not as if to say you know you do this you do that like for example uh, the rains were terrible yesterday and the place was flooded so initially i was saying you know you will not flood you will not do that and all that and i was thinking it also but it wasn't happening and then i said you know by doing this by by having the flood etc you're destroying a whole lot of the plants and the this and that and everything is being this will you please stop and the rain stopped now it could be a coincidence but i don't think it was i really believe that it was in like i was i was uh, doing it in unison in in agreement with with the with creation because we are not like bosses in the sense of of commanding etc is that right so you're right we are not uh, we are not called to be uh, what do you say boss commander in chief yeah over the lord of creation but how we are supposed to deal with creation how father god deals with us yes because i mean we are also uh, our bodies are also created entity and our bodies follow everything that we are in spirit in other words only when we come into oneness with our body in terms of in in, in oneness this is who i am my body starts falling in line to who i believe i am now god is not our boss right he is our father in other words what uh, he said let us make man in our image and likeness he's saying i'm making an image of myself this is me as cyril he has an identity and his identity is who i am in this unique form and fashion so when he is uh, who he is to us is who we are supposed to be to creation and that's how creation responds it vibrates to the same frequency that we are so it can start performing and obeying and coming into oneness with what our desires are and you know kind of like it, it falls in line with what we want right that's how it's they've, they've been they've been waiting all this time for us to actually to do our jobs yeah. <laughs> we are we are the ones who who are, who are lacking in what we were we was meant to do exactly for example i mean if we are in bondage in our own minds okay i mean think about it right if we are like not free in ourselves if if we ourselves are like i have to do this i have to do that you know it's like otherwise what will happen and you know it's like my life is a mess and stuff like if we have are not straightened out and sorted out ourselves and we are in bondage why will creation want to come into oneness with bondage it's already in bondage creation wants to come into freedom into oneness with freedom to freedom yeah so unless we get free unless we come into the manifestation of our true identity which is sons which is free and we start living it creation will start falling in line and vibrating to the same frequency as we are and start uh, you know it's like falling in line with our desires yeah you know there was one 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 uh, 
Okay. One funny question that I had. You know, you mentioned that Eden was not a was not a place, physical place, and I and I fully agree with that because there couldn't be two trees that of you know good and evil and life and all. Uh, it was a place in God's heart, which is God's delight. You know, and then uh, man, I got a little confused because it said uh, God brought the animals to to Adam. So the the earth was a different place from Eden, with which mostly we confuse as the same place. It, 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 I mean, God's garden was a different place from from the earth, which God created, right? Okay. So when 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 there's Eden and then there's the earth, there were no two de- uh, separate places. They were the same place, but Eden was a spiritual place that was already in oneness with the earth. The earth, which is a physical place. Okay, okay. So when God brought the animals, He was not bringing spiritual animals. Animals, okay, okay. Adam was operating as a spiritual being living from Eden on the earth, and because he was a spiritual being in fullness of his mind, he could not tell the difference between physical and spiritual. He was in such oneness with his spiritual identity that God brought physical animals to him, and as a spiritual being in a physical body, he started giving the animals identity. Now they were physical animals, but because he was a spiritual being in a physical body, he he, he never thought of himself. Wait a minute, I'm a human being. I'm a physical body. No, he never thought that way. You and I are coming back to that identity where we are still trying to figure out that we are spiritual beings living in the kingdom, living in the spiritual realms. And from the spiritual realms, the physical realm obeys us and falls in line with the whatever we decree and whatever we declare you know, as our identity. So when Adam was uh, giving identity to the animals, he was doing it as a spiritual being, not as a human being. Remember, I, I, I was sharing about how uh, human beings are basically a product of a fallen mindset. Right, I'm yes. only human. Right, I'm only human. I, I'm, I'm weak. I'm, I'm frail. I'm, you know, it's like how we think. Like, you know, I'm, I'm prone to weakness. I'm prone to uh, inadequacies. I'm, I'm not that strong. We think human. God didn't create human beings. He created man. He created us in His sons, image. Sons, right? sons. Yeah. So we are not supposed to think like human beings. We are supposed to think like sons of God. We are supposed to think like man, the way in the image and likeness of our Father. So when Adam was naming animals, when giving them identity, he was not giving them identity as human beings, you know, trapped in a physical body and, you know, trying to get back into his spiritual identity. No, he was a very powerful being telling this, this is what you're going to be like. This is what you're going to be like. This is your nature. This is your characteristics. This is your identity. That's what he was doing. Why? Because God created things for us. He gave everything for us to rule over and have dominion over. In other words, Creation is supposed to receive the identity from us, not the other way around. So when rains lash and all this stuff is taking place and all that, we are not supposed to get affected by it. And Jesus removed that humanness. Get affected by us. You know? So yeah. And Jesus removed that humanness from us. And Jesus removed that humanness. In fact, he he did it by, by like, you know, he, uh, I I think it's like this, uh, we are righteous because he became, uh, he, he took sin. We are we are blessed because he took the curse. We are we are uh, uh, you know uh, rich because he became poor, etc. That 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 way. And the last thing was, uh, uh, I think you've already answered it. Uh, God was not mad at Adam. I mean, it was it was it was Adam who taught it himself. Uh, there again, I, I I I think what you're saying is partly the devil deceived also to think that uh, that that that. Uh, that guilt and condemnation was partly of of Adam's and partly of of uh, what the devil deceived. 
But yeah. do we, when we are thinking always about the devil deceiving and all that, I think that's a little bit overdone. We, we ourselves have a part of, part in that, and uh, we deceive ourselves, but we blame it on the devil. Is that correct? Also, yeah, I'm going to share about this today. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, sorry, sorry. I took took up so much of time, but but uh, this is that's what we are discussing today. We are just answering questions, so it's fine. Okay, okay. Thanks, thanks. Thanks. I got all my questions answered. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyone else has any questions, anything to, uh, any doubts they want clarified regarding what we've been uh, speaking of until now? Any questions? Hi, Uncle. Hi. Who's this? Uh, me, Prajwal. Uh, hi, hi Prajwal. Tell me. Uh, I had a doubt. Uh, there, did God give us uh, whole control over this uh, created realm, full control over this created realm, or uh, the, uh, uh, did he give us a partial control? Or as, And uh, in, does God have control over this earth, or he uh, completely gave the control to us, and now he, he, don't, he doesn't do anything? Okay, that's an awesome question. So, uh, when God created everything, right, he said, let man rule, let man have dominion. Okay, that, that's, that settles everything. For example, there is nothing that God will do on the earth without man's approval, without man's authorization, and without man's authority. So, he will not do it. Everything that he does on the earth, anything he'll do on the earth, he will only do it through man. I mean, if you really want an example, just think about it, guys, Okay. If God was really in control, we would not have a pandemic. We would not be living in lockdown. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. There would be no plagues. There will be no uh, bad weather. There will be no, uh, you know, it's like uh, disease and sickness and wars and uh, murder and, uh, and robberies and all that stuff. There will be nothing because God is in control. Which God will say, okay, fine, let me, let me throw some, you know, uh, let, me, let me create some, you know, some, some action, something that needs to, you know, just throw some turmoil, let, let there be some activity. This is becoming too boring. Some war here, some, you know, destruction there, some plays here and all that. Let's do that for fun. I mean, he doesn't do that, right? He has given complete rule and dominion to you and me, which means that everything that we see in the world today is a product of man. No one else. Everything that is happening in the world right from the beginning, right from Adam up until now and for eternity is a result of man's rule and dominion. Plain and simple, right? Because if God were to do anything, okay, let, let's go back, right? In the case of, and I shared this with you uh, earlier as well. You can go back to the, you know, the, I, I think the first, uh, first two or the first three videos. Uh, in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, who did God approach first, or uh, before he, before Sodom and Gomorrah received the, you know, rain and the fire and the brimstone and everything, right? He went to Adam, right? Adam uh, tried to bargain with God. What if there are fifty people? What are there forty people? Thirty people? Twenty people? And God said, No, 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 no. And finally, he they went to Abraham. 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 Sorry. Who did that? What did I say? Adam by mistake. You Who? said Adam by mistake. Sorry. Adam, uh, not Adam. Abraham, right? Sorry about that. So he went to Abraham first and only through Abraham, with Abraham's approval, did this take place. Otherwise, he would not have destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
the prophets in Israel were God's mouthpiece before he touched the earth in any way, shape or form, before anything happened to Israel, before anything happened uh, to the surrounding nations, before anything God did on the earth, he, he, he sounded it through the mouth of the prophets. Before uh, uh, God sent Jesus on the earth, he had to get the approval of Mary. Before God did anything with, uh, with uh, Jesus on the earth, he had to get the approval of Joseph and Mary. Before God did anything on the earth, he had to get the, 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 the approval of the major prophets and the minor prophets and the priests and the kings of Israel. Nothing happened on the earth without a man being involved. Nothing. It had to be man through man because man has rule and dominion. The moment man realizes that he has rule. See, why did Abraham say, you know, oh, please stop. Don't do anything. Don't do it. I mean, it's not like you and all that. Why did Moses stop God from destroying uh, Israel? Right. What did God do? He had to tell Moses first, Moses, I'm going to destroy these guys. They're, they're too much now. Why did he tell Moses? Just do it. Nah. So simple. Yeah. But he had to tell Moses why, because Moses, had, there, there, was a, there was a thing that Moses had to say, listen, 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 please, you know, it's like, don't do it. This is not like you and all that. And what, what is the, what did Moses write down? God repented. And all the Christians go, you know, like, oh, God <laughs> repented. How can God repent? Yeah, God, did, God never sins. God changed his mind. <laughs> yeah. God, God, repentance does not mean God said, I'm sorry, please forgive me. No, that's not the meaning of repentance. The word repentance means you start changing your way you think. So God changed his mind about destroying Israel as they came out of Egypt. Anything that God will do on the earth, he has to do it through man. So when it says, when so in answer to your question, which is, does God have partial control or full control? God has absolutely no control. The only control he has is through man. In other words, through a manifestation of himself. In other words, I have made man just like me. They will rule and have dominion as me. Now, this is really important. They will live, they will rule as me. In other words, they will be me on the earth and they will rule the earth as me. In other words, there's a, there's a, there's a Mohan Raj, he is me. There's Cyril, he is me. There's Charlotte, she is me. There's uh, Shilpa, she is me. They are me ruling and having dominion over creation, all creation, everything created for man, they will rule over because they I'm giving everything to them. They are me over creation. So if a person is, uh, if a person's life is going, you know, awesome, a person's life is growing amazing. His life is a product of him being the father, being himself, being the father, an image of the father for his own life. A person's life is a product of what he believes he is, or who he knows he is, nothing else. So does God have full control? God has no control. God. So you know this. It brings about so many questions, like you know the sovereignty of God, right? Like is God sovereign and all that? God does whatever he wants, whenever he feels like, and you know that that's that's ridiculous, right? Even if you go want to go read, read the Bible, there's no there's no word such as sovereign mentioned in the Bible. The new translations have it because of some warped theology that God does whatever he wants, whenever he feels like God doesn't do anything what he wants. He only does what man allows him to do. How does man allow him? Now I know it sounds a little strange, you know, God is allowing man. Yes, because man is more, has more integrity. i uh, sorry. God has more integrity than man. Think about it. 
if god said let man have rule and dominion he has so much integrity he is not going to interfere in what man is doing do you know that at the flood okay everybody says god destroyed the earth and all that stuff yes god did destroy the earth he didn't really destroy the earth we are still living on the earth but he sent a flood to wipe out everyone off from the earth now who's everyone if you go and read the book of jashur and the book of enoch you will find out who everyone is right from the beginning from the time of the deception from the uh, that that went forth there were have you heard of the nephilim the giants that ruled that were living on the earth so there was this big the the there was a group of uh, angels called the watchers they were not really angels they were actually watchers a species of beings that existed with flesh they were they were they were living creatures that existed with flesh and they mated with women on the earth and they produced offspring which were the giants and it's in the bible right and that giants mated with women again and they produced offspring which were uh, from who died and evil spirits came from them now in those times there were giants on the earth and the number of people of the pure lineage of adam in other words adam's seed adam's downline adam's children the pure line of adam was reducing in number and the, and the, and the seed line of the giants were increasing in number and god sent noah and enoch to evangelize the earth and tell people listen there's a flood coming god is going to destroy the earth unless you change and repent read the book of enoch and read the book of uh, jasher okay you'll get all this information over there unless you repent and change your mind and live good lives and stop killing people and change your mind about god and stuff like that you are going to get wiped off the earth now there was no pure uh, there was no pure seed line of adam on the earth that got destroyed in the flood they all died of natural causes they and natural causes means they died of old age they died before they got they could be drowned the only people who drowned on the earth were of the seed line of the giants were of the seed line of the nephilim they were the only people who died and even then there was still because because who else went on the ark with noah there was his wife and there were his three sons and their wives totally eight people now is it possible because even after that there was a small, there was a you know it's like fossils of giants and everything bones of giants and everything found on the earth right Yeah, and they they carbon dated that uh, to to being quite recent, like in the last five thousand years or something like that. So where did it where did this uh, giant race come from? It could have been from uh, one of the one of the other guys on the ark, right? The uh, one of the wives of uh, Adam's uh, sorry, not Adam. One of the wives of Noah's sons, or probably Noah's wife. I don't know. But the point is that God, when God wiped out the fl- uh, people of the flood, there was no. there was no person not a single person who was of the pure bloodline of adam they were all of the corrupted bloodline of the giants of the nephilim right read the book of jasher and uh, enoch you will get your information over there right now as far as uh, the as far as the giants and the you know all, all this thing is concerned god does not god is not concerned about you know it's like your actions and your behavior and your wrongly and your sin all this is all deception that has come out through the through through the fall through the deception of uh, of uh, the the watchers who were given charge to watch over man instead they tried to take or overtake the human race now if we understand mechanics okay and and this is really important so we'll really get this now if we understand the mechanics of how things work 
what stopped the uh, what stopped the enemy from just killing adam and eve i mean just kill them and get them out of the way right what's the problem why not just kill adam and eve and take over the earth any ideas adam and eve were made in the image and likeness of god they couldn't touch them yeah but still i mean the the enemy could have just killed them no why can why not kill them and take over the earth he had he had they had authority over him so he he wouldn't be able to overcome them yeah true but he as in what what makes you say that they he, they could not overcome him i mean what makes you say that actually enemy also wanted to use human beings yes yes so the thing is this it is all about the makeup it is all about the makeup of the enemy and the makeup of man what are we made of how are we made what is our function what is our design and what is the design of the enemy right now uh, one second before i just go on prajwal have i answered your question yeah okay cool any other questions uh so if god doesn't have any control over this earth then how did god make the fish swallow jonah right so as far as the fish destroying jonah not possible okay the fish was as far as the uh, creation the creation is concerned creation is still under man's dominion but creation did not destroy jonah right if you see in the case of uh, even uh, you know uh, jonah's life now for example jonah was the kind of person who was running away from god why did he run away from god there were so many factors as to why people why things happened to people okay and in terms of even creation i'm not talking about just you know things that uh, overcome people for example when you talk about you know the christians who were in the, who were thrown to the lions now when the christians were thrown to the lions and the lions ate them up they were christians how did the lions eat them up right they were they didn't know who they were they didn't know their identity that the that creation could not harm them now as far as people were concerned in uh, let's say for in the time of job a lot of questions are asked about how is it that job went through all that trouble even though he had a hedge of protection from god right there were we uh, the bible says he is the man of faith and all that in fact the enemy also say, uh, went to god and said this is uh, see jonah how i see see job how he's upright and you know he's such a good great guy and stuff like that god himself uh, vouched for job he said you know this guy is uh, is an amazing guy and all that what did the enemy say touch this and see what happens touch that and see what happens why did god allow it did god allow it that's the question the question is things happen to people not because god does it to them and forces things upon them it happens as a product of man allowing things to happen through them in job chapter 3 and verse 25 and these are all just examples to reinforce exactly how things happen to people okay in job 325 it talks about how job said himself everything that i greatly feared is come upon me in other words everything that happened is happening to me is a product of everything that i feared that's a principle and it's a spiritual principle as well in other words everything that happens to a person is a product of something that he has allowed to happen because he is in charge of his own life no one else so if a person uh, is going through you know some sort of a hardship or something it is not because suddenly hardship came and overcame him without his knowledge or without him doing anything poor chap what's happened to him 
It, it's not that. It is because he's living a life in which he has allowed things to happen to him. It happens the other way around as well. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father with, with whom there is no partiality, there's no shadow of turning, right? The gifts are given. Everything is given. We, uh, Ephesians 1.3 says, every blessing has been given to man, right? Now, how is it that so many Christians are all over the world are living in poverty and sickness and disease and things and, and all sorts of chaos is happening in their life? Has God not blessed them and put them in Jesus? He has. So how is it that they're living a life that is so below the standards of what Jesus has brought them to? It's because they are not taking advantage of everything that God has given. See, why am I saying all this? Is because of your question and your perfect question is perfect. How did the fish uh, follow, uh, swallow uh, Jonah? It is about how you and I allow, the spiritual principle still remains, how you and I allow creation or life to influence us in any way, shape or form. Creation cannot do anything to you unless you allow it to. You and I are called to be masters over creation. In other words, have dominion and rule over creation, not the other way around. Creation is supposed to take its, uh, its, its uh, cue, its dominion, its, its uh, what do you say? Its counsel from us, its direction from us, its desires from us, not the other way around. So how did uh, the fish swallow Jonah? I don't know. I don't know how the nitty gritties of how the fish came and swallowed Jonah, but it's something to do with Jonah himself, something to do with his life. But the good thing is that he did not die. Thank God for that. Nineveh got saved. It could have been that his, his, his intention basically was, I would love to do that. I would love to go and, and witness to them. But, you know, I'm afraid that God will, will do that. So his intention partially was, was, was to, to, Jonah's intention was actually the other way around. As far as he was concerned, he was more along the lines of, I don't want these guys to repent. I want God to destroy them. <laughs> so, so he was trying to run away because he, he considered these guys to be really nasty. And he was like, I know for a fact that if I go to Nineveh and if I preach the gospel and I tell them about God, they are going to change. And I don't want that. That's why he ran away. <laughs> if, that the case, if that is the case, the God would have been blocked from from uh, from from uh, using the fish. I'm saying there could have been an inkling of 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 a desire in him. What is Jonah's heart? You have to understand Jonah's heart also. Jonah's heart was what I, I I love God. I want to do everything that God wants me to do. But these people are so annoying. I really don't want them to get saved. But and I know God's heart. He wants to save them, but I don't want them to get saved. So he's kind of caught between, you know, in this in this emotional thing of he wants to do what God wants him to do, but he doesn't want these people to get saved. But in the end, what wins? Right? His desire for what God wants him to do. It takes over in the end, right? So regardless of what happens, and God knows his heart and exactly what his desire is, it comes to pass. So, I mean, that's the way I see it. So, I mean, that's my take on it. Feel free to ask God and, you know, get his take on it. So... Okay, Thank any you. other questions? Okay, so I was talking about any other questions? Anyone has any other questions? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Lisa. Hi, everybody. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Because you, you already taught me how to um, 
you know, I mean, you, you mentioned going to the, to the spirit realm. Well, how come when I felt and touched people, like I still feel like there's something that's in them that almost like transfers on me. So how does, how do I do that? Like be really in the covering of the father, not, is it like a word of knowledge for people or what is that? So, so when you say something is transferred to you, what exactly do you mean? Yeah, like for example, if somebody touched me, I could feel there's something unclean or there's something that's um, like maybe an anger or something. I could like literally like control. I could discern it. Like I could um, feel it in my body. Okay, so you're talking about something physical, some a physical person touching you or a spiritual person? Yeah, like for example, somebody hugs me okay. and I could touch, I could feel the... Um, like control or anger or something just um, not light, just heavy, just, I could just discern it. So do you feel that it, it overcomes you or? Yeah, it comes on me, like almost like, and I had to like literally like pray over it and just try to shake it off of me. Okay, okay. so this is something that I will get into in probably the next of the session after that, okay? Uh, but we'll start with the foundation what you uh, what your question is uh, today uh, very briefly we have less time so i'll just start with the foundation just just give you a brief of where we are headed right in understanding what your question is right so the uh, i was talking about the mechanics of how we see the spiritual realm how we interact with the spiritual realm how the spiritual realm interacts with us people or other living beings and angels and demons and stuff like that how do they interact with us right now Firstly, they do have an interaction with us, but their interaction with us is subject to us, not subject to them. Especially in, I'm talking about only in the, in terms of angels, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, evil spirits and demons and, you know, it's like fallen angels and stuff like that. They cannot, they do not have any influence upon our life unless we open up that sphere of influence to come and uh, for, the, for them to do something or have some say in who we are and what we do. Uh, outside of that, we are the authors and we are the governors of our own life. So no, you know, it's like, because it's like in India, there's so much of witchcraft. Uh, you see in India, you see in Africa, you see in, uh, you know, it's like uh, a lot of Indonesian countries and all that. There's witchcraft and all that, uh, that is so rampant and we are wondering how is witchcraft, you know, how do people get possessed and how do people get, you know, it's like need deliverance and stuff like that. And how do people get, you know, it's like uh, all that stuff happens in their life and they go all wacky and stuff like that. How does this happen? Well, the thing is, it does not just jump a person apart from their will or apart from their or what they believe. Okay. Firstly, just to debunk some of these things that, you know, uh, uh, these things that you know it's like a Christian can get possessed and you know it's like the enemy is around and he's going to deceive you and he's going to you know it's like uh, he's going to uh, teach you all false false doctrines and false theologies and he's going to cause you to lose and he has an influence in your life and all that honestly speaking yes it is a reality yes it is true but for you and me we need to realize that he cannot do anything in your life and in my life so long as you know that he can't. If you believe he can, he can. If you believe they, it is possible, it will happen. Why is it? Because you decide 
who comes into your life and who doesn't come into your life right for example it's like it's like your any human relationships your friends right you have friends you have people you decide who comes and who's who has a say in your life and who doesn't have a say in your life you decide who be who is your friend and who's not your friend you decide what kind of a relationship a person has with you am i right or am i wrong you are the ones who decide what kind of a relationship whether the person is close whether the person is far what that person says how it affects your mind in the same way uh the spiritual world has the same influence upon your life now for example how does that happen when you open yourself up to this reality that oh, wait a minute you know angels and demons and all that they can do something in your life then i have a question how is it that your angel cannot protect you from things right how is it that your angel cannot protect you from you know it's like from bad decisions how is it your angel can't protect you from getting hurt how is it your angel can't protect you from you know something some some sickness or poverty or whatever it is how is it your angel can't protect you it's simple you don't believe you have an angel first in if that's the case or you don't know that you have an angel second or you don't believe that your angel is that powerful or you're giving him that authority to do something in your life or you don't believe that he has that kind of an influence or that kind of a say in your life and you don't allow him to do his thing that authority to do, give that angel your angel to do what he's supposed to do is up to you he cannot do anything unless you allow him to do it so there is an angel every single person has an angel minimum one and your angel okay is waiting for your authority to do whatever he's supposed to do minister to you in the capacity he has been given to minister to you in your life now in the same way how you allow him or disallow him is the same way you allow demons and and you know fallen hosts and all that stuff to operate in your life you believe that the demons are more powerful than your angel i'm not saying you okay i'm talking about in general christianity right christians a lot of christians they go around like you know if the devil deceived me and the devil you know is trying to mess my life up and the devil is this and devil is that you are empowering that devil you are giving that devil the power in your life you know how you believe he can do it you believe it is possible for him to do it and that's why he is getting empowered who is the author of your life who is the governor and the ruler of your life i mean it's a simple question <laughs> i i'm i'm not i mean i'm just my voice is going a little high i'm not screaming anything else what i'm trying to say is that the the rulers and governors of our own life is us and no one can do anything in your life outside of what you believe is possible right so for example when something you know it's like uh, people who are uh, you know demon possessed christians especially christians i'm talking only about christians right who are demon possessed you'll find all this you know uh, in the villages and in rural areas you'll find a lot of this you know uh, voodoo stuff and black magic and all that stuff is taking place people allow it and they get into it which is what empowers these demons and all who are very much real to get into their life and do it now if you are born again if you are in jesus you are in jesus you are hidden with christ in god in other words you are such glorious light darkness cannot enter your light you are light darkness gets blinded at you darkness cannot come into your reality unless you bring it in how do you bring darkness in 
firstly you believe that it is possible because you are the door you are the gateway and you allow things to happen in your life you are the authority of your life so if you ask me i will say demons and devils have no power no authority in my life in your life it's not possible i mean the the, the very logical thought of a devil doing anything in your life is simply impossible why because you are in the kingdom you are in eternal life you know what god did he reserved the enemy in chains of darkness in other words the enemy can't see the light when i say chains of darkness in other words he does not know what happens in the light because he is unaware what is the, what does it mean by chains of darkness chains of darkness simply means that he is unaware of what is being revealed in the light or what the light is revealing or what father god is revealing to his sons that's you and me so the, the enemy has no say in your life and my life if you believe there is an enemy he is very real yes if you believe he can do something in your life very much you can expect it but if you know that there is no such enemy no such thing as an enemy in your life then one there is no more enemy in your life two you cannot be deceived you know it's like i have i've heard so much about how christians are so afraid of be of this thing of false doctrines and false teachings and you know i can be deceived and this you know wrong doctrines and theologies will come and deceive me and then i'll believe something wrong and all that they believe more in deception than the power of god to keep them in the truth how can you believe more in darkness than you believe in light you are light right how can you believe more in the power of the enemy than the power of the spirit who is in you the even the holy spirit in you right the holy spirit cannot or i'm not saying cannot sorry it's the wrong choice of words he is not not that he cannot the holy spirit will not do anything in your life against your will the same as the enemy he cannot do anything in your life against your will so goes back to the question how is it that the enemy could not or did not just kill adam and eve and take over the earth well firstly they don't have physical bodies and secondly they can't do anything outside or apart from the will of man in other words adam would not and could not and did not allow him to do anything in their life that is why they had to deceive him they had to deceive eve they had to trick her into eating the fruit remember i told you about the woman was deceived but the man was not deceived he knew what he was doing he still did it the point is very simple he allowed it to happen now the woman got deceived she got tricked but the thing is very simple if they would have just gone back to the father nothing would have happened the mechanics of the spiritual reality spiritual realm and the and the and the devils and the demons and the angels and all that is that they cannot operate in this physical world they operate only in the spiritual world and they have to get man to exercise dominion and authority in order for them to have their way in creation so you asking where did the wuhan virus come from how did the wuhan virus come about how did all this plague and how did all the weapons of mass destruction how do all these things happen it all happened because man is being led by some spiritual entity 
some uh, power of darkness, and they are being led and deceived into doing all these kind of things. Now, did was Hitler's intention uh, bad in you know exterminating the Jews? You know, Hitler ex exterminated at least six million Jews. Was his intention bad? His intention was, I need to cleanse the earth of this plague. So he killed the Jews. His intention was good as far as he was concerned. For As far as he was concerned, I need to get rid of these people. They are making a mess of the earth. That's what he was thinking. But, not, uh, but that was not a good intention, right? For him, it was good. But for the Jews, not very good. The point is this. The point is every person goes through a thought process in life in which they allow or disallow things to happen. And that happens through what they believe. So the majority of Christianity, while they are trying to, you know, stay away from evil and trying to not be deceived and trying to, you know, it's like uh, stay away from false doctrine. They are they're paying more attention to the to darkness than they're paying attention to light. They're focused more on what the enemy can do or what uh, what bad things can happen instead of focusing on the glory that they're living in. So what did God, what, what did Jesus do? He came to reconcile us back to the father. The reconciliation is supposed to do what? In other words, I am in the father. The father is in me. We are one. I am the father. The father is me. We are one mind, one heart, one glory, and he's living his life in me. How do I know that? I am enjoying a relationship with him because that is supposed, that is, that is the source of everything that we live. It's the source. So when we are living our life, we are not supposed to be, wait a minute, I should not sin today. I should not do something wrong and all that. You don't need to think like that. You need to live life in relationship with the father, in light, in the kingdom, be aware of the kingdom around you, be aware of living in the kingdom in abundance. And you will see only abundance manifest in your life. Nothing else. If you are aware, if you are thinking more about how I, sh I should not lose this, I should not lose that, I should not, you're thinking more about loss than you are thinking about abundance. Right? What you focus on, you attract. If you are focusing on the kingdom, you attract the things of the kingdom to materialize for you. So now, the mechanics of the kingdom is that the enemy cannot do anything outside of our will. He cannot do anything he cannot come and kill you. Otherwise, you would have been dead by now. He has to get you to kill yourself. How does he do that? First, he has to get you to believe that you can die. Then he has to get you to fear all the things that can kill you. And once you start fearing everything that can kill you, one by one, you start getting all that stuff happening in your life. Simple, right? It's a very simple strategy. And if you see most of the, you know, Japanese art of warfare, Chinese art of warfare and all that, they all follow this very simple strategy. Get, deceive the enemy. Don't, don't use, you know, force because force can work two ways. You can win or they can win, but you don't want to take those chances. It's called the art of deception. Art of deception is simply get you to kill yourself. Get you to do yourself in. So he had to deceive Eve into getting mankind because mankind was coming from them. Everyone from Adam and Eve all the way till where we are today, everyone is living in this mindset of, oh my God, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I, you know, something happens to me? What if something happens to me uh, to so-and-so and you know, what's going to happen to my world? That fear is what is driving humanity or driving humanity's life today. So you want to get someone to, uh, you want to live 
Above that, you live in the kingdom. And next time we will start talking about the kingdom. <laughs> but the thing is, nothing can come into your life. Nothing can touch you because you are indestructible. You are, you are, you are the father himself. Nothing can come into your world without your approval, without your authority, without your authorization. You are the governor of your own life. So just live your life. Nothing can touch you. You are in the light. You are in the kingdom. You are in the father. You are the father. The manifestation of your father on earth. It's that simple. You, the, uh, what did he say? What did Paul say in Timothy? He said, uh, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. So the thing is this. You cannot be touched. Just settle for that reality. You can't be touched. Because you are in the Father. You are in the kingdom. The enemy has no access to your life. He has no access to the kingdom. He can't deceive you into thinking, uh, into doing something wrong also. He can't do it. See what you need to do. In order to be deceived, you need to look at the world. You need to see how the world is living, how badly and how poorly, what poor choices they are making and how they are, you know, living in fear of, uh, of whatever is taking place. Subscribe to what they're doing and then you will start living that kind of life. But what did Jesus say? Uh, what, did, what did Paul recognize? He said, set your mind on things above. Right? Set your mind where? On the things of the kingdom. Set your mind on the things of heaven. Set your mind on eternal life. The moment you set your mind... These things really won't make any sense. They won't, they can't affect your life. So don't be mindful of the enemy and all. There's no enemy in your world. There's no devil in your reality. You are in the kingdom. There's no devil there. In this world that we are living, right? And I'm talking about our world is the kingdom, is heaven, is the father himself. There is no devil. There's no enemy. He's out there reserved in chains of darkness. He doesn't know what's happening in your life because you are light. He can't see your life. He can't see what you're doing. He can't read the intentions of your mind or of your heart. He can't program you. He can't tell you what to think. Only you can decide how to think and what to think. Only you. No one else. Amen? Amen. Brother? Yes, please. Uh, but the generation curses they affect, right? Sorry? The generation curses they affect. Uh, the generation curses generational curses yes so now in the case of so, uh, god told i will take revenge on the third and the fourth generation yeah so as far as god was concerned he was god never did anything so for example in the case of uh, in the case of moses also right he told moses very plainly he told moses very clearly he said get out of my way now i'm going to destroy these people because they are i mean after all that i've done they're still grumbling and complaining and all that now as far as God was concerned, he already knows the end from the beginning. It's not that he was, he literally wanted to destroy these people. He didn't want because he has created a covenant people and brought them out of Egypt. He already knows where they are. He knows where they are going. He knows the end of Israel. He knows the end of the world. He knows Jesus is coming. He knows that why will he destroy Israel? I mean, so as far as God is concerned, you have to understand his heart. And the only way to understand his heart is to get into a relationship with him. So you'll know exactly what he's saying and what he's doing. Now, for God, what he, can, what he considers is that he wants to give man a chance to exercise authority. 
So when now now coming to your question about uh, generational curses, and that's a very valid question. Generational curses are they real? Yes, very much real. Do they have an effect? Yes, very much have an effect. They are like a gun. Gun is real. Gun gun can kill, but can a gun kill you? If you decide that a gun cannot even touch you, you cannot be touched. I've heard of people who have been shot, and the bullet just goes through and just passes through. I've heard of people who have who are in the ministry field in you know Aboriginal areas and all that. They've been speared, and the spear just go the spear just goes through and it passes, and they're just standing over there. So as far as generational curses are concerned, very much real, but they cannot have any effect on your life. They are they will only have effect on people. who believe it is possible right what did jesus say he said according to what you believe so let it be done unto you now the thing is this okay peter in 1 peter 1 1 uh, peter something 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 it says we are born of incorruptible seed through the word of god that lives and abides forever right now you are born of incorruptible seed the moment you came to jesus who becomes your father the father his father becomes your father is does he have any curse can you have any generational curse because your generation is now your father only one lineage your your father is just your earthly father right but when you came to jesus your father became our father in heaven now the only thing he can give you is blessing abundance and glory so i'll be very happy with what he has to give as a generational passover because he cannot give you any he cannot pass through anything to you that is a called a curse but in the case of people who believe that it is possible generational sicknesses you know gen genetically passed uh, uh, sicknesses and all that kind of stuff we can overcome it how by what jesus has done on the cross by his wounds and by his stripes it is possible for us to overcome it why if jesus did it if jesus took it at the cross you and i should not have it we we cannot get something that jesus has already destroyed at the cross what you believe is what you will receive according to what you believe so let it be done in your life so with regard to generational curses yes very much but it won't happen to you if you uh, believe it so like uh, two uh, two of the people whom i know uh, there is continuous death in their family Okay. Children, uh, one after another, children are dying. Then another sister, her brother died. Then again, her parents and continuous death in the family. Her auntie like this. So she has so much fear that uh, okay now it will come to her the death like. But she's young. I I think you answered your own question just now. She uh she has a lot of fear that it will happen to her also. See the thing is this: if you believe it will happen to you, it will happen to you. Now I know a family from one of the older churches that I was at, in which the the like you mentioned, there was a whole uh, you know a whole line of death and everything that was taking place, and a lot of miscarriages and a lot of uh, you know premature deaths and everything were there. And uh, what was taking place was that when, when and then this couple this finally came to uh, came to the church that we were attending, right? and when we started sharing with that and this is like way back huh? i am talking about in 2000 uh, probably 4 or 5 or something and we started sharing with them you know it's like see generational curses are destroyed they are destroyed at the cross because galatians 313 says cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree in other words 
Jesus is the one who hung on the tree. He took all our curses on himself. So if you read Galatians chapter 3, you will see all how generational curses and all the curses have already been taken away by him. So as far as he's concerned, we don't have generational curses anymore. Not in our life. Why? Because we are light now. So this family, they we started telling them, you know, it's like you need to fear nothing because now that you are in Jesus, now that you are as Jesus is, this can't happen to you because he has done away with it once and for all. They started having kids one after the other. I mean, they had miscarriages. But then after they started receiving the revelation, they started changing the way they believe. First, they were living in fear of it'll happen to us in our family. It has been all, it has been coming down through the generations, my grandfather, my forefathers and all that. But suddenly their lives started changing. They had four kids. So it's like multiplication after that. And as far as they were concerned, they broke that thought process of it can happen to me. So change the way you think, right? For all of us, we are called to change the way we think because we are actually now indestructible. There is no enemy in our life. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone, anything? Okay, awesome. So I think what we'll do is even the next time I will, I will pick up on this and we'll take it forward uh, into what the kingdom is about so that we can start understanding how to live in the kingdom. Because right now we are living in this physical world and we are thinking that this is all there is, right? But the kingdom, remember last time we did uh, about how we are elevated above the clouds. Change the way you see life. And then you, you walked in your garden, you entered uh, the compound of your building and how you started seeing things differently, not with your physical eyes, but with the eyes of your spirit. So I want to show you exactly what Jesus saw as the kingdom and how he showed people to see the kingdom, right? So we'll pick that up the next time and we'll talk more about how, you know, we can get over this thing about this uh, mindset of thinking negative all the time instead of thinking about how glorious we are. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much, Kurt. Bye. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you.